Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Gay with God. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and I'm excited to come back again next this week with another new guest. I'm going to introduce you soon to Nathan Hall. First, I want to remind you that I just love, love, love your emails, your cards, the things you're sending, letting me know about the podcast and what you like. And so that's why we're back every week, because we have these fantastic guests and because you guys keep listening and downloading and sharing. So keep that up. And just a note, if you want to be a guest on Gay With God, I would love to hear from you. You can message me on Facebook. You can email me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com. And I would be glad to have you sign up for your own taping to share your story, giving us validity and visibility in our community and helping each other get through the coming out and faith journey stories. So I'm honored to have Nathan Hall here. I'm just pleased to death. To meet you. Uh, for those of you who don't know Nathan, you can also go over to Graying Rainbows, and he has a segment there on the podcast Graying Rainbows. And so make sure that you check him out there as well. But we've got him here tonight. So, Nathan, <laughs> Hi. Inter- hey, thank you so much for being here. And tell tell my viewers, uh, viewers, I keep thinking you guys can see us. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we share your story. Sure, great. Well, um, uh, again, my name is Nathan Hall. And uh, I let me say this, that I am honored to be here uh, uh, tonight uh, for this podcast. And uh, I've listened to a number of your your episodes and podcasts and uh, have just been so encouraged and so Mm -hmm. built up. Uh, what a great community uh, mm-hmm. that we have together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, not every not every believer is gay, but, you know, this podcast really gives validity mm-hmm. to the fact that we are a part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And whether we are straight or gay or, um, you know, whatever race we are, we are one family. Yes. And it's so great that this podcast exists to make us feel like we are a part of the family. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, so, and just, so just know that you're doing a great thing. Um, And you you. know, you are, and, and don't, uh, I don't want anyone to take you for granted. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. Uh, but so a little about myself, I usually, I don't like to talk about myself, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the purpose of this tonight. So, <laughs> yes. um, yes, um, I, uh, am a husband, I'm a dad, I'm an activist, I'm an advocate. Uh, my Facebook, uh, bio says I'm a lover of life and those who are in my village. Mm. Um, and, uh, I am, I have a background in church ministry and my experiences in, uh, church ministry uh, and my rich heritage in in church ministry, uh, my unique experience experiences really give me 
I feel like um, the ability to relate to the LGBTQ plus community mm -hmm. of which I am a part, uh, because a lot of times, unfortunately, as we all probably know, uh, there are times when we've been disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like I have the ability based on my experiences to reach out to my brothers and sisters uh, who are in uh, who are family and in our community to really be able to meet them at a spiritual level. Mm. And so so that that is something that is exciting to me. Mm, that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you. So I can't wait. Let's just dive in. Yes. So tell us your coming out faith journey story. Well, um, it's funny you should ask. I know, uh, right? <laughs> it, just, no, no. it just came to me, Nathan. It just popped yeah. in my head. <laughs> well, uh, let me give a little bit of background. Okay. Um, I, um, I, I am I am 50 years old. And of course, now when, when I say that I just turned 50 in October, at the end of October. So I, uh, I feel like, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, the lady that says, I'm 50, you know, that's how I kind of felt like, I was like, oh my gosh. And, and let me, let me give a disclaimer about being 50. Nobody prepared me for the aches and the pains. And, and so I've got a list of people I really need to talk with. No, so it's no, like I'm, 49. You felt great. You turned 50. Yeah. And oh my God. It just went straight downhill. No, no. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm 50 years old. Um, I uh, will start at the beginning. Uh, my faith journey started when I was a senior in high school. Uh, my parents had gotten a divorce, uh, oh, about a year before that. Uh, and it was kind of a tumult, uh, tumultuous time for me as far as uh, didn't have a great relationship with my dad. Uh, in retrospect, he was doing the best he could. Uh, I was a late in life baby. Um, my mom was 36. Well, back then, I guess you would consider me to be late in life. Uh, my mom was 36. My dad was 39. I'm the baby of the family. And I think they were tired of having kids. And here I came. Um, <laughs> and so they, uh, through different events and, and circumstances, they got a divorce. And I was really hurting uh, for different reasons. And a friend invited me to go to church. And, um, and I was like, Oh, good grief. No, no, thanks. You know, I'm, I, nothing against church or anything. I just, you know, uh, some people it's fine. I, I didn't really have much of an interest, but um, she kept on and kept on. And she was a good friend. She wasn't interested me in me or anything, but you know, we were friends and, and she really saw the value in going to church and kept inviting me. And I thought, Oh my gosh. So, mm -hmm you know, I'm going to have to just go because she won't leave me alone. And I went and God met me there that morning. Mm. And it was amazing. Um, I felt something I'd ne I had never felt before and really felt love and acceptance um, and just healing. And the pastor gave an altar call and, um, and I thought, this is for me, this is how I want to feel for the rest of my life. And so I responded and, and asked Jesus to come into my life. And, uh, that was the beginning of the story and, wow. um, felt, um, not long after that, like, uh, that I wanted to be a minister that I wanted mm -hmm. to not only live for God, but work for God. And so 
uh, I went to uh, Bible college uh, in Springfield, Missouri, and um, uh, I'd never been to Missouri, let alone visited the campus. And I got on a Greyhound bus with a suitcase and a box, and oh I ended up in Springfield and um, went through four and a half years um, there, met the lady that uh, would become my wife. Uh, we were good friends, and um, I, I had, a, I guess you could say, a crush on her. Um, uh, in retrospect, uh, I think it was more of a kinship, more of a uh, uh, looking for someone who is responsible. <laughs> but, but she was a um, wonderful, wonderful uh, lady, and we uh, ended up getting married right after we graduated and uh, then went into church ministry. Uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, I, and it was in a different denomination. It was uh, uh, the Assemblies of God. And that's a rather fundamental evangelical mm -hmm. traditional denomination <laughs> and faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to work for God. And I always was conflicted because I knew that in my heart, uh, and with every part of my being, I knew who I was, mm. but I knew that I wasn't allowed to be that. Mm. I knew from an early age that uh, at a minimum, I was attracted to boys or, you know, at that time and men as I got older. And, um, you know, it just, I was told that it was wrong, you know, mm -hmm. that it was a sin. Uh, never told anyone how I felt because I knew how the church looked at it and, uh, and knew that I needed to pray and just pray that God would take this away from me and mm. would heal me uh, mm. of, of that, those feelings and the temptations I was having to think what you would say back then was impure thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I prayed and prayed and, and uh, even through Bible college, I, I would have to pray regularly, you know, because, you know, I didn't, I didn't notice the girls. I noticed mm -hmm. the guys and, mm -hmm. you know, and we had chapel every weekday at 930 AM in the middle of our classes. And so many times I went to the altar to pray and say, God, I, I, I know that I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't notice this and that. Um, and so I struggled, uh, and it was hard. It was mm -hmm. difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. got married and, um, you know, getting married to a woman didn't really take that away either, you know? Mm -mm. <laughs> and so I was living a life of, um, I guess you could say, uh, conflict mm -hmm. and, um, went into ministry. Uh, if there's anything you can do in a church, as far as working, I have done it. Um, <laughs> I've been a youth pastor, a minister of music. I've pastored a church. I've taught Sunday school. I've scrubbed toilets. I have <laughs> driven the older people on, on their trips, you know, to the Amish country. I've done everything, you know, and I was working for God, serving God, but still feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like either I was living a lie or I just wasn't worthy. Mm. And this led 
for, for years, decades, I was living this way. And of course it resulted in a marriage that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, retrospectively, I feel bad for my ex-wife because mm. she kind of had a front row seat for this mm-hmm. um, and wondering maybe what it was about her that, you know, she probably was w- asking herself what, what was wrong with her that we didn't have a normal marriage. Mm. And, um, and I felt bad about that, you yeah. know. When so did she ever, done. did she ever know anything that you were struggling with? No. So she didn't know. And had you come out to anybody no. Prior to this? Wow. Not one person. So you just dealt with this all by yourself in your own yeah. little, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, Nathan, that's so, so hard yeah. to be isolated was, that way. It was difficult. And, the, mm-hmm. and it seemed like I would pray and pray hard. And then whether it was psychological or what, but it would be for a, a little bit, maybe a few weeks, I wouldn't feel tempted or I wouldn't notice other men or mm-hmm. whatever, but then it always came back, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then, so finally, um, uh, I went through a health crisis, uh, in 2016, I was at a church event in our assemblies of God church where I was on staff in, in uh, Oklahoma city. And my wife was in charge of the first ever volunteer appreciation banquet. You know, one of one of those good old church functions that we are <laughs> familiar with. And I um, was helping her get ready for it. I was craw- I was being a good husband and a good associate pastor, and crawling around on the floor, taping down cords, and you know, making sure that the video stuff was set up. And in the midst of this banquet, I had a stroke. Ooh, yeah. Um, I remember I got up and I went to the soundboard because something, something didn't sound right. And now actually it just now hit me. It was probably me that didn't sound right, but (laughs) I thought, oh, I need to get up and adjust the sound. Something didn't sound sound right. And so I got up and went to the back of the gym and was fiddling with the, the knobs on the soundboard. And I felt my face and it was totally numb. And I thought, that's not right. Something's wrong. (laughs) And um, then I started getting really confused and I thought there's something really wrong with me. And I made it back to my seat and there was something obviously wrong with me. Uh, And my wife at the time said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And so finally I, I leaned over. I couldn't even look at her because I was so confused. And I just, I was able to say the words, I think I'm having a stroke. And so then it was in the middle of this banquet with 200 people, you know? Mm. So that was a little bit of an attention getter. And, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you. So, yeah, I know. Right. So <laughs> dramatic. And, um, so, uh, they drug me out and got me to the hospital and sure enough, I had a blood clot in my brain and, uh, they gave me TPA, which is a blood uh, clot busting medication and it worked instantly. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few tiny little results of the stroke. I still have just, I mean, a few balance issues every once in a while, but I mean, you would never really know that I had had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Well, it was at that time that um, I really started to think about my life and I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I could have just died mm-hmm. and I'm, riddled with guilt 
because of how I feel. Mm. And I know of people that I even went to Bible college with in my conservative Bible college that ended up coming out and say they love God mm-hmm. and they're a part of the faith community. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I really, I really need to get some answers here. Mm-hmm. And so I contacted them and said, uh, I want to ask you some questions, but first let me explain what I'm going through. So I did. And then I asked, how can you say that you are gay and say that you're a Christian so that they would, I wanted to preface it by saying, I'm not being judgmental. This is what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. And they just began to take, just like an infant, take me through um, the word, uh, take me through uh, the clobber passages Mm -hmm. and the actual context and Mm -hmm. um just kind of blew my mind and helped Mm -hmm. me to see things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And while I was still married, while I was still an associate pastor at a large assemblies of God church in, in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, my eyes were opened and I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I was at a crossroads and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do because I thought, well, now I know what I perceive now to really be the truth. Mm. And now I understand I'm not flawed in this way. I was just created as I am. Mm-hmm. But what do I do with this now? Yeah, I've created this life and this existence. Um, and what do I do now? And so I thought I need to, I need to get some advice from people and I need to, to kind of talk and, and, you know, to some people and just kind of get some input, you know? And Mm so uh, my friends who helped me also helped me um, find other people who have gone through similar situations as me. Um, And so I became friends with them on Facebook and social media. And um, one day the pastor who was my boss and my wife's boss. Cause she, because she, uh, and still is the financial secretary at that church. We both were on staff full time. Um, said, I'd like to meet with y'all tomorrow morning. And we're like, Oh, okay. And we didn't think anything odd of it because, you know, it's kind of a normal thing for staff to discuss things. And so he called me and my wife into his office and there was uh, his wife, there was a deacon and his wife. And I thought, I think this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Something's about to hit the fan. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it did. And um, so uh, without going into all the sordid details of that intervention meeting, Mm -hmm. I was confronted with, the knowledge of being friends with all these people on Facebook mm-hmm. asked if I was gay, asked very personal offensive questions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how my wife discovered that I am gay. Yeah. And um, I won't speak for her or her emotional state, but it appeared mm-hmm. that she was shocked and mm-hmm. devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
was told that I had to go through reparative therapy. Mm. Um, unfortunately, they were full. They didn't have any openings. Huh. So Do we call that a divine intervention. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so um, one thing led to another. In the Assemblies of God, ordination is a credential. It's not just someone praying for you and you're ordained. It's actually kind of like if you're in human resource management, you, you know, a credential is PHR, professional and human resources. Well, in the Assemblies of God, your ordination is a ministerial credential that's given by uh, a district, the Oklahoma district. Mm-hmm. Um, they revoked mm. my ordination. They, they, uh, kicked me out, if you will. Mm. Uh, I was given the opportunity to resign from the church. And that's what I did. Mm. And so um, that began a process uh, through which I struggled for a while, Mm. Uh, ended up leaving Oklahoma. Uh, My wife and I divorced Uh, Moved to Arkansas, uh, landed there for about a year and a half, found a really good church to go to that was open and affirming. That was the beginning of my healing process. Mm. Uh, And um, what's amazing is how God um, held my hand and led me through and is still leading me through Mm. a healing process. And Uh, to where I am today. And I'll share a little bit more about that in a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, so that's what happened. And so when I say that my unique experiences and my background kind Mm -hmm. of uniquely enables me to relate to our community, the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. plus community, Mm -hmm. I really mean that in a personal way. It's not just like, oh, I guess I could relate. No, I've been through shame. I've been Mm -hmm. through outing. I've been through the devastation of what could happen to um, a gay person in a church Mm -hmm. when they don't believe that you have value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so growing up, did you said that you, you had known for a long time. I mean, how early do you think you knew that you were attracted to, to boys? Uh, well, it was always men. It really wasn't boys. Even okay, when I was okay. a child, I was attracted to men, you know, okay, um, okay. the earliest recollection I would have to say that I remember yeah, was yeah. probably around the sixth grade. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, there was okay. a teacher that I, uh, that was one of my teachers in sixth grade. That was a man and, you know, kind of had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. uh, of course never told anyone about it or, you know, nothing, you know, anything like that, but that's when I, that's when I started to realize how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. But even at that age, Midge, I knew, um, what society or at mm-hmm. least my circle, mm-hmm. I knew what they thought of that. Yeah. And I, instantly there was shame. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't tell anyone I feel that because they'll call me the names or they will beat me up on the playground or it's a horrible thing. And that didn't even have anything to do with God. That was just, mm-hmm. you know, back in the early 80s where, you know, yeah, it yeah. just wasn't a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And did your parents ever have any idea 
ever? No. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think my dad might have had an inkling because I didn't really like to go hunting or fishing, you know, even though I'm from, I was from Eastern Kentucky and that's what everyone did. And, um, and I, I, I was never John Wayne, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. the most masculine guy in the world. And it was even more pronounced when I was younger. Um, and so my dad probably wondered my, my mom, I don't know if she did suspect she didn't let on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are they still living? No, neither one of them are. Mm -hmm. They both have passed. My dad passed in the nineties and my mom passed in oh, 2005. So they've been gone for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, they, they never knew. They never, they never knew. Mm -hmm. Even when you went through all the calamity of the church, was that before they died or after? After. Cause that was in 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So relatively recently. Yeah. Yeah. So no wonder mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that you're still healing and, and walking yeah. through that with God. So, so how did that ever affect your relationship with God in a negative way? Um, hmm. maybe for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't go to church for a while, which let me clarify going to church does not equal being a Christian. Right. Okay. That I want to make that very clear, mm -hmm. but the church has always been very, very important to me. I, when I was younger, when I first came, started my, my faith journey, uh, the church was a place of refuge and has always been very precious to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what, you know, why I wanted to go into church ministry because mm -hmm. I received so much healing in the church whenever I was younger and, and it was just a community. It was just mm -hmm. a part of something I wanted to be a part of. And um, so when all of this happened um, and there were some additional physical things that happened about the same time, um, not to, you know, say, woe is me. Um, I, you know, one, one thing you'll notice about me, I think I'm probably one of the most optimistic people you're ever going to meet. Okay. <laughs> everything has a purpose. You can learn uh -huh. from everything that you go through, uh, in 2017, right. I mean, weeks after this, um, outing or intervention, uh, I, had back problems and got an injection in my lumbar area, you know, a steroid injection and it got infected with staph. Uh oh. They had to do emergency surgery um, because I had an abscess in my spinal column and I was, uh, I couldn't walk. I was in rehab for about a month, had to learn how to walk again. All during this process, all of these things were happening at at the same time. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. It was like, I felt kind of like Job, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably not near Job, but it felt like that to me. Well, um, sure. Yeah. But all that to say during all of this time, uh, that led to a psychological point where I had a crisis and didn't really try to commit suicide or take my own life. But the thought crossed my mind and I, realized that was not a good place to be. Mm -hmm. So I got help and let mm -hmm. me, let me do a PSA for psychotherapy and mm -hmm. counseling that if anyone is listening to this and you 
um, are not in a good place, mm-hmm. that there is no shame in mm-hmm. reaching out for help uh, because it probably saved my life. Um, yeah. So all that to say during this time, when all of this was happening, I was angry mm-hmm. uh, and I don't normally get angry. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like I said, usually positive, happy. I like to make people laugh. I like to please people, but I was pretty mad mm-hmm. and partially I was mad at God. And I was like, God, you know, why? If mm-hmm. I spent all of this time praying that you would not let me feel this way and then make a decision that this must be how I'm supposed to live. And then all of this stuff happened to me. How could you let all of this stuff happen to me? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you, God? Um, and so I would say there were some months in there that were pretty tough Mm-hmm. that even though I knew there was an affirming church in Arkansas to go to for a while, I didn't want anything to do with church. Mm-hmm. I went from, I went from preaching sermons and leading worship and teaching Sunday school and creating curriculum for, you know, uh, classes in a church to not wanting to have anything to do with God mm-hmm. in a matter of weeks. And it was, a little bit before I could stabilize myself enough to think, okay, I, this isn't God's fault. You know, um, this is the work of people. Mm. And so at least I wasn't mad at God anymore. I was mad at people. (laughs) But, But this is an important pivot though. I'm so glad you brought this up because you know, God always does take the rap for that. You know, that God, yeah. you know, why didn't God make it more clear in the Bible? Why didn't God, <laughs> you know, why did God yeah. put the clobber passages in there if that's what happened? But you're right. It's the people. The people yeah. chose what was going to be in the books of the Bible. Every exactly. starting back in King James, you know, mm-hmm. this is what he wanted. He didn't believe in homosexuality, that, that it wasn't mm-hmm. even a word back then. Right. But he didn't. He got to choose. And even though people may have been inspired to write the books of the Bible, they chose the male dominated society back in the day that they had political reasons and they had their Mm -hmm. own reasons for what got in the Bible. So, but I, I love the fact that you reminded us that it was, it was the people, you know, God didn't get you kicked out of the church. The people Mm -hmm. did that. Yes. Yeah. And, and Midge, it's been a journey. It has been a journey because, you know, step one, not really angry with God anymore. Still have some questions, but yeah, um, not really angry with God, but angry with people. And then it progressed to step two where, boy, I don't really know if I should be really, really angry with these people. Uh, and l- let me say this, what they did, totally not cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, to put it mildly. Yeah. Really um, mildly. <laughs> uh, probably not super pleasing to God to uh-huh. treat me that way. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm a little subjective in the situation, but yeah, yeah. Um, however, God loves them 
just as much as he loves me. Isn't that a kicker? Really? Oh, I don't, <laughs> you know, and there are days when I'm like, how could God love them as much as, you know, I'm God's favorite. No, no, um, no but how could, yeah. how could God love them even though they did this to me? And mm-hmm. that has been a journey. That yeah. has been a yeah. challenge of, um, and here's, here's the thing. Um, I go to a wonderful church here in Fort Collins, another PSA. If you're here in Fort Collins, Colorado, (laughs) part of the Rockies Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, Um, wonderful church, uh, wonderful pastor and children's pastor and people that go there totally affirming. I'm an elder now uh, there at the church. Um, Love that church. However, still not super thrilled about other believers. Mm. That's how I have been. Um, Our church uses the NRSV version of the Mm -hmm. Bible. Mostly, you know, we kick around different Mm -hmm. ones. That's fine. Um, Didn't have a Bible. I I have the apps, you know, on my Mm -hmm. iPhone and everything, Mm -hmm. but I really like to have a Bible to look at. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a, a copy of that version you know, and I brought all my 1500 Bibles with me from Arkansas to Colorado. Wow. Um, And I really wanted an NRSV version. And I thought, you know, I'd like to have one, but I'm not going to darken the doorstep of a, of a Christian bookstore Mm -hmm. because that's them quote unquote. Oh yeah. And that has been a struggle. Mm -hmm. I love my church body. I love my new denomination, if you will, but you know, and and I'll name them. Don't, don't give me any assemblies of God or Baptist, Southern Baptist. I don't want anything to do with any of them because they think this and this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and most recently being back in therapy, which is a good thing. Um, I expressed that to my therapist and we had a talk about that. So mm. the earmark of a good therapist to challenge me in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, do you think, you think they're all like that? Mm. And I looked at him, I said, I know what you, where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, and you know, what's interesting. Uh, I needed to find a therapist cause I was going through some things earlier, uh, you know, last or later last year. And I went through my employer, our school district, through the EAP, the Employee Assistance mm-hmm. Program. And if I went through them, they would help pay for my counseling sessions, which mm-hmm. is great, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they found me a counselor. And because um, I needed to talk through some things. And uh, the counselor is at Lighthouse Christian Counseling. <laughs> And I no. thought, oh my God, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think so. And so the guy who was referring me said, yeah, there really aren't many people that are taking clients right now. I was like, okay. And he said, your faith is important to you, right? I was like, yeah. He said, well, this therapist, his faith is important to him. And I was like, they don't think I'm going to go to hell. You're like, oh, I don't think he would think that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay. 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 All right. We'll go. We'll go. And so like a good therapist, he digs and digs our first session. And he says, tell me more about yourself. So I told him what happened to the church and told him all kinds of stuff. And I said, so 
I really don't like other Christians. You know, I don't like my brothers and sisters. Um, and he said, yeah, I can see that. And, and I said, and I, and I think that's probably something I need to work on. And he said, oh, so you, uh, I guess I could say the name of the college I went to, mm -hmm. um, sure. Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, then went on later to get my master's degree from Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, uh, which is Assemblies of God. And he said, so you went to Central Bible College? I was like, yeah. You used to be Assemblies of God. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, well, I was a deacon in Assemblies of God Church for 12 years. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I think this session's over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. I just looked at him. And then he pointed up to his wall of his office. And there hangs his diploma from Evangel University, where he got his undergrad degree. Oh, wow. And I thought. I am not okay with this. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he goes, Nathan, you do realize that you're really not here by accident today. Right. And I said, I, I think I'm coming to realize that I said, I'm not very happy right now. And I'm a little afraid mm -hmm. because everything I've experienced has been judgment mm -hmm. and condemnation. And he looked at me and said, I'm not judging you. And he said, I am honored to be talking to you today. And I don't think you're going to hell. <gasps> and I was like, really? <laughs> and he said, no, I don't. And he said, um, if you will let me, I would love to talk with you about your experiences and see if God can help you with some healing. And it has been interesting. I've seen him four or five times and uh, I'm not shy about the fact that I'm married to a man. I'm not mm -hmm. shy about the fact that I think what I think about fundamental uh <laughs> church groups and mm -hmm. denominations. And mm -hmm. I usually say no offense to you. And he goes, none taken. And it's been interesting. Wow. I, yeah, I, um, God is doing a work in me mm -hmm. and it all goes back to when people hurt me in his name. Mm -hmm. Now people are healing me in his name. Mm. And it's, yeah. And God is present. He is. He was there when you were being hurt and he's there when you were getting healed. Yes. And wow. it has made me very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it's a good discomfort. It is the bipolarity of hurt and healing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it has been something that um, has been a little, it's been a little scary for me, but it has been wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thankful for it, uh, because, because of this process that I've gone through and I'm going through, God is really, he is and has softened and it is softening my heart to other believers. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, my plan is to start seminary in March 
to get my MDiv and to jump back into ministry. Oh, yay. <laughs> and yeah. so n- I don't think had I continued on the path I was on of not being open to healing and not, not pursuing that, I don't think that I would be where I am right now today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Nathan. I love your story. (laughs) (laughs) I love, love, love your story. I just am so honored to, to have you here and to hear the journey that you've been on and everything that you've been through and still have that light and that presence, you know, going through that desert of uh, the wasteland of stopping church and being in such pain and confusion at that point. I mean, I just could feel it, you know, and, um, and then to be able to lean back in. Yeah. I mean, that is just such a, a moment to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm going to keep trying, you know, and, and build, because I've always thought, and I've said this several times that, you know, I felt that my, that the church took away my right to have a relationship with God yeah. when they said you can't be gay, you mm-hmm. know, that that's a horrible thing. And, and, and so, you know, for years I stayed away from church and I would, you know, I did my, my meditations and I did my crystals and I did, you know, the creator mm-hmm. of, all that is because I couldn't say the word God. And I was just so mad all the time about that. Um, But, you know, having that strength that you had to lean back in, you know, and to not allow the outing and all the negativity to stop you from, from your birthright is to have that relationship with the creator that created you. That's your birthright. And I'm so proud of you for continuing the journey and, and, you know, now you've told this story for the, for all the listeners to hear. And, and that's the light that I want this podcast to shine is look, you might still be in that place right now. You might've come across this podcast and you might be in that desert right now thinking that God has abandoned you and that you're not worthy. And yeah. now you've heard that you are. Absolutely. And you know, mm-hmm. um, what, what, one of the takeaways that I have from this experience uh, that I have really uh, I've taken is um, the fact that it really doesn't matter what anyone else says about mm-hmm. you spiritually, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times um, in the church, uh, you know, in most denominations or groups or fellowships or whatever you want to call them, we are taught that we, um, it's almost like we have to hustle for it. Mm. We have to hustle for our relationship with God and to be worthy and, and to please constantly, please, 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 and work, work, work and, and gain the approval of people, um, you know, other believers in the church and, or the pastor. And, and I, that was my life mm-hmm. for so long. And, and still there are times when I think, well, you know, I bet so-and-so thinks I'm going to hell because I'm gay. And I catch myself in that thinking. And Mm -hmm. then I have to remind myself, but you know, that really doesn't matter because they're not sending me there. Mm -hmm. They're not the determinant of where I spend my eternity, Mm -hmm. me and my creator Mm -hmm. who has created me this way. Mm -hmm. And so 
getting over that insecurity or that fear or even that anger of someone else thinks I'm not good enough or that I'm not worthy or I'm not going to heaven. That has been a true struggle. And I really Mm -hmm. think that that is something that a lot of us Mm-hmm. in our community deal with mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. has pushed them out of the church because, well, you think this about me? Well, I don't care what you think and I don't care what God thinks. And it's, it's a, a natural progression that I have gone through. Mm-hmm. And just to realize that if you can hear my voice today and you have ever felt like that, the fact is It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. You find yourself in your belief system, in in your relationship with God. You find yourself in him. And that's all you need to worry about. And that's enough. That's Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I totally agree with you. I think that we all have that inner homophobia from yeah. all of the backlash from the church and from society. And so that we sometimes also direct it back to us, you know, yeah. that, that you think I'm bad. And I think, <laughs> I, I think I've been bad too, you know, and, right. and so that's just so hard to, to break through that, but you're so right. It's work out your own salvation. What do you think that yeah. means? It means that you need to get out of my salvation and let me deal with God on this. You know, it's right. not up to you. Yeah. And, you know, I become, I become familiar in the last few years with the term deconstruction. Yeah. And I have deconstructed a lot from the systems of which I was a part. Mm-hmm. Um, the belief system of oh, strictness and judgmentalism and mm-hmm. um, just that whole philosophy of uh, sin, sin, sin. And that person's a sinner because they have a drink and that person's a sinner because they're gay. And that person's a sinner because, you know, and that whole, that whole concept, that whole mindset of, of, of just a relationship or a religion. Let me say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. a religion that is not filled and embraced by grace mm-hmm. and to deconstruct from the guilt and the worry and the doubt of all of that and to build my faith and my spiritual journey um, with my eyes wide open and asking questions all along. Um, it's a blessing to be able to do that because there are some groups that don't want to a- have you ask questions. Mm-hmm. This is what to believe these 16 truths or these 10 tenets or these four cardinal beliefs that's what you have to believe. And they don't want questions, nothing against them. That's their way. That's their system. Mm -hmm. But to break free from that and to be able to say, well, is this really the truth? Or is there a different way of looking at this? And Mm -hmm. Midge, I'll tell you what, when I learned about the clobber passages (laughs) and, and, uh, oh, this was the beginning of the great deconstruction. (laughs) When, when I learned a different way of looking at those passages. I liken it to someone taking a string on the bottom of a sweater and just (laughs) beginning to pull. That entire sweater just falls apart. Yeah. And it's scary because Mm -hmm. that's what you had your security in. That's what my safety was in 16 cardinal beliefs of a denomination. Mm -hmm. And when, 
fell apart. It's like, now what? Yeah, I didn't know where to go. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the reconstruction, deconstruction really took, took shape of what do I believe? And what mm-hmm. am I going to believe in six months? It might be different. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a growing process and an evolving process. And, you know, I really believe that's the way God wants it. And that's the way God designed us with our brains to ask questions. Well, you know, in the Jewish faith, I mean, that's that's what they do. They read a passage of scripture and then people start saying, well, I think it means this. Well, I don't I don't think that I think it means this. And you're encouraged to to say, and the, there are all these rabbis that have all these different questions and, and answers to things. And, and I thought, you know, that's so beautiful because without that, you know, no one really knows, you know, <laughs> nobody knows. I mean, you know, I, I asked my grandfather when I was little, who made God, he sent me to bed. He doesn't <laughs> know. <laughs> doesn't know. And so, you know, nobody has all the answers, right. but yet we do have a lot of questions. And of course we do. You, you know, you ask somebody to believe in a person who's always been there. Really? Have you not yeah. heard of the chicken and the egg? There has to be a beginning somewhere. You can't <laughs> right. just put it out there. And, and you've never seen him. I know. What? Right. So yeah, let's believe in somebody who's not, a, not ever been seen. And a lot of my, you know, atheist friends or agnostic friends, it's like, you know, we play around with that. It's like, okay, so, but you believe two rocks banging together made this intricate body and everything that works. So, okay. So you believe that two rocks can do it, but you don't believe in a person that's just always been here. Who's not really a person, but an, and so it's fun to, it's fun to do that. But I really did believe that because we were taught that this is what you believe, just like you said. Yeah. So when I started leaning back into the Episcopal church, you know, father, I said, I said, well, I said, I'm, you know, <laughs> doubting Thomas and I are twins. I said, oh, I, I said, I have lots of doubt and I have lots of questions. And he said, good. I said, what do you mean? Good. He goes, if you're not doubting, you're not growing. That's he said, you can't just swallow it. Yeah. You have to doubt and you have to work through it. And he said, that's, that's the beginning of faith, you know, yeah. is that you're leaning in, but you have questions and we, you're going to have more questions. He said, because I was going, at, then I went through some confirmation classes to learn more about the Episcopal church before I made a decision. Mm-hmm. And I was really struggling with that. It took forever for me to try to go back to church. And I was scared out of my wits. My, my memoir was, I don't think it's going to be named this, but I was, I'm writing it now. And I was going to put gay with God returning to the pew without puking. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it just was so hard and I was nauseous and shaking and I didn't want to go in and sit in there. And um, so yeah, we had long conversations about, you know, where I was at and what I was going through. And, and he said, well, you know, Midge, he said, if you, if you decide to, you know, to be confirmed and to come to this church and, and be a part of this body, he said, it's not because you like the building and it's not because you like the people or that you like me. It's about, you believe that this body of people at this parish can help you grow and, and help you with those questions. He said, he says, you have questions now, but once you're confirmed and you lean back in, you're going to have more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that's not really a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm really glad that I did that because it is a body of people that I'm not sure everybody in that church believes that homosexuality is okay. But of the people, um, of all the people I've met, um, they, they are just absolutely affirming of me, 
where wow. I am. And, and so, and, and I know that I'm accepted there yeah. and that I'm, I'm, I'm loved there. So uh, it's been a really, really good fit for me and, and being able to just lean back in and still have my questions, but become a part of a bigger body of people that can support me as much as I can support them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we made it. Yes. Absolutely. On this day at this time, <laughs> we're still standing. <laughs> right. Oh, good. Uh, so what you said just a little bit ago um, might have been my final question to you, but but I'm going to pose it anyway. Um, so if if someone came to you and and they were struggling as you have struggled through this whole coming out and being outed, what do you think the one thing that somebody could have said to you, what would you say to them that somebody could have said to you when you were struggling so much that you needed to hear most? I would say what would have helped me the most uh, is for someone to honestly, on a personal level, tell me that they still love me, Mm -hmm. that they still support me and that, um, it's going to be okay. Whatever I decide about my faith, that it's going to be okay. Because, and, and I'm sure that maybe at least some of your listeners have experienced, if they've been in church and they've mm-hmm. been rejected, mm-hmm. um, that's a wholesale rejection. Mm-hmm. It's not just, uh, it's usually, I should say, and for me, it wasn't, it's not just a few people. Oh, well, I don't believe that. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't associate with you. It is an entire world changing shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from having so many supporters and people who uh, valued my ministry even mm-hmm. um, to absolutely being cut off and, shunned Mm -hmm. and disowned and even church leaders and denominational officials who, and and I'm not trying to be smart or trite, who proclaimed the love of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but showed me the door and gave me the foot on the way out Mm -hmm. and basically I'm dead to them. Yeah. For someone to come alongside of me at, at that time would have been healing mm-hmm. and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what does that mean to everyone who's listening? Um, in your hurt and in your pain, still try to seek out someone who loves you and yeah. supports you. I, I, I didn't know to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on that um, I, I was at a loss and I was so, so alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be alone. If there is not anyone breaking your door down to support and love on you, you go find someone because you will be able to find a family member, an old college buddy or a high school friend or a coworker or please, please a therapist, somebody that will prop you up, 
will breathe mm-hmm. life into you while you are hurting. Mm-hmm. That's that would be my advice to someone mm-hmm. who is going through or has gone through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. was. Yeah. And um, thank God I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thankful too. I'm thankful too, because your ministry is exactly what our community needs. And whether you do it in a predominantly gay church or, or any church, I mean, to have you serving in a church where young people could be and that they yeah. get that message early on and they won't have to struggle as successfully as we have. You know, that yeah. is my, that is my hope that it becomes a, a common, you know, natural way of, of being that, that you're affirmed from day one, no matter who you are or who you love or where, what job you want to do that you are affirmed because you are following God's path, not anybody else's path. Yeah. And you know, Midge, one more thing I wanted to say, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, Mm -hmm. but I had a conversation with someone today uh, who thinks very differently than me. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily, I mean, I don't know how they feel about gay people. They know that I'm gay. Uh, I told, told her, I'm like, yeah, I, my husband is Michael and he's wonderful and, you know, um, everything. And she, and, and not to get political at all, I, you know, I, I know we'll tread lightly here. She, I'll just say she is right leaning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So probably more conservative, mm-hmm. uh, thinks about things much differently than I do. Mm-hmm. But Midge, we had a conversation today about what she believes about some things, what I believe about some things. And at the end of the conversation, we weren't choking each other. Mm-hmm. We weren't insulting each other. We were not um, canceling each other. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation and, oh, this is what I believe. Oh, well, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I don't know what happened to that in our society, Mm -hmm. but I wish we could get back to it. I know. And, you know, I think that I wish the church, capital C, Mm -hmm. the church worldwide would just get back to loving everybody. Yeah. Even if they don't agree with them, even if, you know, because I think that we are, I think on both sides, we are just too committed to being right yes, and the other person being wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God loves everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's the message that Mm -hmm. our community needs to hear. Mm -hmm. But it's a message that our community needs to embrace as well. Mm -hmm. That, And it's hard for me. And like I said, that's been a journey. Do I love Assemblies of God people and Southern Baptist people? My answer to that right now is a begrudging yes. <laughs> I did go into a Bible bookstore a few weeks ago. Did and I you? Did buy an RSV Bible. <laughs> and I did look around at everyone else and they were wondering what they thought of me, but I didn't care <laughs> because God loves me. 
There you go. That is a beautiful way to end the, this discussion tonight. That's right. God loves me. This I know. That's right. <laughs> Even if everybody else is clueless. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Nathan, thank you so much. Thank oh. you so much for being here. And I, I want to continue to follow your journey. So don't sure. be a stranger. And absolutely. Um, I'm so glad that we've connected and I, I just am so honored to hear this amazing story and, and the, the place that you're standing in right now, still having, you know, the, the normal feelings of, of angst, you know, yeah. but yet you're still moving forward and, and your goals are set. And I'm so, I'm so happy for you. Well, thank you. And it's been an honor to be here and uh, really value your work and your ministry and what you're doing. And thank you. Uh, everyone that's listening, just know God loves you mm. and wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you, you know, just can't do it anymore. It's okay. It's okay. You are valuable mm -hmm. and, um, you are loved no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. You are loved no matter what. So thank you everybody for listening again this week and coming back each week, supporting and sharing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Nathan, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are struggling and you feel like you need a little assistance or help getting through the hurt to the healing, that's my jam. The, um, the coaching business that I have is Empowering Awakened Hearts LLC, and I see you online. So you don't have to worry about COVID. Safe, safe, safe. <laughs> so if you're interested and need some, uh, some coaching support to get through your faith journey or to get through your coming out journey, you can connect with me. You can also go to empoweredmidge at gmail.com to connect with me or catch me on Facebook at, at Empowering Awakened Hearts, um, my Facebook group. So anyway, if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can join the Gay With God Facebook group. See you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.